The Lord has led me to stay with Ephesians chapter 4, if you'll join with me in reading God's Word, 25 through 27. I'm just the messenger of the Lord. Don't shoot the messenger, please, as we speak today about my anger. I'm not going to talk about your anger. I'm going to talk about our anger and my anger. And this is going to be kind of an autobiographical approach to preaching this sermon. Because when I point with my preacher finger, I've got one, two, three pointing right back at me, right? Right. And so I'm going to try to go as softly and as compassionately as I can. This is an exciting part of Scripture, but it's not a part of Scripture we like to deal with. And uh, I grew up in an angry home, meaning I had a dad that didn't know how to deal with his anger, and he was very explosive. Uh, today we might call that the atomic bomb approach, you know. And as a child, you just sort of ducked and stayed out of the way, you know, the best you could. And, uh, but Dad wasn't like that all the time, only when the anger built up. So as the youngest of one, two, three brothers, um, I learned how to be funny. I learned how to entertain. I learned how to tell stories, tap dance, try to keep everybody happy in the house, you know. And because uh, when, when Dad, uh, well, we won't go into that. All right. That's right up there with explain the Bible, isn't it, Bill? Yeah. All right. Ephesians chapter 4 and verses 25 through 27. I'll tell you what. Today, I believe we'll all just read it together and uh, hear a word from the Lord. More than anything else today, we, you don't want to hear me preach and tell silly stories um, <clears throat> or say dumb things again from the pulpit. Uh, but uh, we want to hear a word from the Lord. Would you agree with that? Shake your head like this. If you don't, do like this. Okay. All right. Are you ready? Here we go. Therefore, lay aside all falsehood. Speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry, and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not give the devil an opportunity. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the emotions that you have given to each of us. And there are so many, but one of them that we have, we're having a, 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 a very difficult, challenging day when we seem overwhelmed by the world that we oftentimes don't know how to handle our anger. We experience that as a small child. We experience that in school. We experience it in young adult years. Lord, we experience it in marriage and family and being single and every phase of life. We're always dealing with our emotions. So teach us today, Lord, a word from you that will guide us through this season that we are learning and walking together as a church as well, the family of God. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said... Amen, amen. Well, let's have some fun in the scriptures doing, talking about some of these word pictures that are here. Beginning in verse 25, verse 25. Look at the words the Apostle Paul is led of the Holy Spirit. Remember, it is the Spirit of God that's inspired the Word of God that now speaks to the people of God. Therefore, lay aside falsehood. In the previous verses from last Sunday, we talked about putting away the old self, like old clothing or an old coat, and putting on the new self, which is Christ. And so when we put on Christ, we have to walk in a manner that pleases our Lord. And that's why I appreciate the song that Tracy just sang, 
that Christ is the light of our life that guides us along, and we wear his clothing. We wear his clothing. So part of laying aside the old clothing, the old way of life, one of the things we want to lay aside is falsehood. Falsehood. And um, anger is a part of that that's going to come up, and we're going to talk about it in a minute. But putting on Christ requires us to continue down the road, laying aside, putting aside the old man, the old man. Um, my grandkids are coming in November, and I get a right to talk about them. Is that okay? All right. And uh, my grandson got baptized. Out in the ocean, he got baptized. And he come out of that cold ocean water that Sunday morning, and he ran up to his dad and mom. His name is Jude. He said, Dad and Mom, I'm the new Jude. I'm the new Jude. See, I get to talk about my grandkids. I've seen all y'all's pictures. It's my turn. All right. And so it's the new us that's in Christ. We're putting on Christ. There's a transformation, a metanoia, it's called in Scripture, a transformation that takes place on the inside, but it also shows on the outside. And it's the light of Christ that walks before us. He lives walking along beside us. But he is also walking in us. And how does Jesus live in us today? Through the person of the Holy Spirit. Now Paul talks about this again in Colossians chapter 3, verse 8. He says, but now you also uh, put all these things aside. And he names them. And the first one he names, the first emotion he's going to name is anger. Anger is an emotion. It can be healthy. It can protect you from what's going to hurt you or harm you. Or it can dominate your life and control the choices and decisions that you and I make. And he repeats the same thing he's saying here in Colossians. He says, lay aside anger, put aside wrath, put aside malice, put aside slander. I'm going to talk a lot more about that uh, next Sunday. And abusive speech from your mouth. And he said, don't lie to one another since you've laid aside the old self with this evil, evil. See, when you're doing these things, you're participating in evil. When you're showing wrath, malice, when you slander, when you gossip, you're this abusive speech to other people, it really does matter what comes out of your mouth. It matters what comes out of my mouth. He said, when you do these things, you are participating in evil. Anybody here want to participate in evil? I don't. So I have to lay that aside. So put that aside. Another thing we need to put aside here, he says, is called falsehood. So where we get the, word, the, new, uh, the New Testament word, and our English word now, is, is transliterated, and it's not translated, just transliterated, is the word pseudo, pseudonym, or not synonymous, but pseudopigrapha is the books that, some people have in their Bible, but we don't have in ours. It really means to pretend. It means to be unauthentic, non-authentic. It means to be unreal. It means to put on a false face. And so that false face is not how we communicate well to each other. Uh, the next words he says is, Speak truth, each of you, with your neighbor. Speak truth to your neighbor. Now the truth is, we need to speak truth, but we need to listen first. You've not earned the right to speak truth. Hear this, hear this. 
You've not earned the right to hear to speak truth until you first listen. Until you first listen. Stephen Covey said it in his book about the seven habits of highly effective people. Seek to understand before seeking to be understood. Dallas Willard, another recent theologian and philosopher who just passed away, one of my favorite writers, called it this, this kind of listening. Hear this word. He called it deep listening. I try to practice that as best as I can as a pastor. When you text me, I don't know what you're really thinking and what's going on. When you email, I know a little bit more. When I talk to you on the phone, I, I get a sense of what you're trying to say. But when I see you face to face, I can look in your eyes. Your eyes, my eyes, are the window to the soul. I pay attention to how you sit or stand. I pay attention to how you can't look me straight in the eye. All these things are called deep listening. Deep listening. So learn to listen before you say what's on your brain. I really don't have the right... Now I'll talk more about that next Sunday. And avoid slander as best you can. Avoid, avoid slander as best you can. I committed that sin this week without knowing it. I made a statement about a fellow pastor that I've known for decades. And we've been in the trenches together. I was just kind of teasing with the other guys. But I was accused of slander. And I thought, I need to listen a little longer. Well, our definitions were not the same. And I apologized. Can you believe I apologized? I think I started out apologizing with you all, didn't I? That's how we all got started, wasn't it? Now look at the next phrase. This is even more exciting. For we are members of one another. We are the family of God. We are all members of the body of Christ. So let us not divorce one another or the church itself. It's a trend all across this nation. People are not assembling themselves together for worship. COVID made it so easy to stay at home. And I understand the need to be at home and not risk your health for being here. That's why we have that camera back there. And that's a healthy thing. But we are members of one another. We are members of one another. Now look, look on to verse 26. He begins to talk more specifically about anger. He says, be angry. Now this is an imperative phrase, and there are several kinds of imperatives. Paul would say, now you do this, that's called exhortation. You ought to do it, you should do it, you got to do it, and God said so. That's a demand and a command from the Lord. In fact, he's kind of like that back in verse 17. He said, the Lord and me, we agree together on this, and if you're with the Lord, you got to do this. But to be angry is called an, an imperative. It is a permissive imperative in the Greek language, according to Dr. A.T. Robertson. Permission to be angry. That's really what he's saying. We have permission from God to deal with our anger. I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. In, in a moment. He has also given us permission not to take ourselves 
too seriously. I heard a pastor say down there in Georgia, the church that my son attended, one of the greatest compliments he gave that congregation, he said, I thought a long time about coming to this church and decided this is where God wants me to be. And he said, one of the reasons is y'all don't take yourselves too seriously. And that has stayed with me for a long, long time. So not only do we have permission, this is not a command to be angry, but we have permission to deal with our anger from the Lord. And we have permission really not to take ourselves too seriously but we need to take our anger maybe more seriously and then he says at the end of that verse do not let the sun go down on your anger in other words you have permission to deal with it but don't let the sun go down on it deal with it deal with it today deal with it tomorrow and I think one of the best ways you can do with your anger is get a long list of what you're blessed with today just keep that list going. See if you can think of 10 things. Think, see if you can think of 15 things. Th see if you can think of 20 things. And then when you pray every night, you do pray every night. Shake your head like this if you pray every night. Even if you pray, um, what's that prayer children pray when they go to sleep? Now lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And go through that list of blessings. Then you'll begin to think of your blessings more than your pains as you go, go, go to sleep. go to sleep, Y'all making me nervous. I'm stuttering up here so bad, talking about anger. Y'all so quiet, you're looking around like, is he talking about me? What does that preacher know about me? What's going on in this church? All that kind of stuff. It's the same thing in every family, in your home. Don't raise your hand. Don't nod your head. But did you get angry before you got to church today? Mm-hmm. You had to deal with it, didn't you? Mm-hmm. And you came in with such a smiley face. Everything's right in the world in my home. Everything's right in the world with, with my God. Everything's right in the world between me and my wife. And if I'm lying, I'm dying right here. Yeah, everything's just wonderful, Pastor. Good to see you today. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, Jesus, tell us the truth. Verse 27 is the clincher of this passage. It's a warning if we do not manage our anger, if we fail to address it, if we fail to receive the grace that God wants to give us. See, God wants to give you grace in your anger episodes. That's what the Holy Spirit's there for. He is a work of grace and transformation to bring you along and help you to become who you've not become yet. And that word there is for the devil is diablos. Diablos. He will use your anger. Listen to this. This is what the devil wants to do with your anger. God wants to give grace to your anger emotion. Devil wants to destroy you with that anger. Do not give an, the devil an opportunity. That's why the Spirit of God in you, one of the fruits of the Spirit is called, the, what's the last one mentioned? self control and it is the grace of God that gives us this self-control I might have shared this story with you before but Leonardo da Vinci painted the Last Supper he had been angry with a friend of his and he was trying to be creative and, and do what God gifted him to do only him to do and he couldn't paint he couldn't continue the Lord's Supper he just couldn't 
be creative. And he decided, I need to go and forgive the man that's offended me. And he went and talked to that individual, whoever it was, and I don't know the issue at all, but the story goes that when he offered to forgive and reconcile with that person, he went back to his paint. He went back to his painting. And he drew the picture of Jesus and was able to see Jesus more clearly. It's amazing the creativity. It's amazing the blessing. It's amazing the, the beauty that will come to my soul and the, to the members in Christ that we are when we have that Christ-like spirit in our heart. Now that's some of the exposition of this passage. Let's talk about some of the explanations of this passage. If you will, as my daddy used to say, explain the Bible. Number one, what have we learned from all of this about anger? Well, number one, we are challenged, we are challenged by Scripture to be good stewards of our anger. See, anger is an emotional gift from God to be used for His glory. Not unlike happy, sad, all the other emotions you have. Remember going to the doctrines, all those smiley faces on the wall, which one are you today? Anger is a gift from God. God made you that way. It protects you from disaster. It protects you from a threat. But not all threats trying to harm you. And so anger is a perception of threat or a real threat. Perceived or real, it's designed to protect you. See, God loves you. That's why he gave you the emotion of anger, because you can take care. He can take care of you through that if you are a wise steward of your anger. And here's what I've come to learn. I cannot manage anybody else's anger. I cannot manage anybody else's anger. This has set me free. I grew up as the third brother now, trying to manage everybody's anger, trying to make everybody happy. That's what led me to be a pastor, trying to keep everybody happy in the church. And I've done ministry like that for decades. Let me give you a clue. If you're a young man or young pastor, young person that's trying to pursue the ministry, that don't work. That don't work. And here's a freeing, this has freed me up. I cannot manage the anger of other people. I can only manage my own anger. And then I come to realize, according to studies and training that I've been in, there are at least five kinds of unhealthy anger. And that's why God says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Each of them start with the word, with a letter D, if you'd like to write these down. And if you just don't want to take notes, you just kind of want to absorb this fantastic message from God today, you just want to sit there and soak it up, that's fine too. Watch it later on Facebook. But each of the five start with a D. And the first one I would call is denial. That's an unhealthy way to manage my anger. It's not good for healthy relationships. What do I mean by denial? Well, denial says nothing happened here, and we sweep it under the carpet. 
of this incident really did not happen here. Denial says, well, they didn't mean to hurt anybody, but somebody got hurt. Truth is, somebody got hurt. Anger that is denied, hear this, anger that is denied or suppressed is like taking a beach ball and put it in your pool or in a, a beach in the water, and you've got to work all the time to keep it under the water. You're just doing everything you can, up all night and up all day and preoccupied because you're trying to keep this anger submerged. What does that ball really want to do? Stay in the water? What does it really want to do? It wants to come up out of the water, and so does your anger. It wants to be addressed by grace. Not addressing another person, but addressing me. Not addressing others. Used to have a fellow in my church, well, it's got to be addressed. This has got to be addressed. No. How about you addressing it in yourself? I didn't really have the courage to say that, but I wanted to. Anger that is denied or suppressed is kind of like where the alligators live in Louisiana. You ever watch the swamp people? They're for real. They're for real. I've seen some ponds around here that are green and icky and stale, and the water doesn't go anywhere. Would you like to put your hook in that water and eat that fish? I don't think so. On the way to Jackson, Mississippi, we pass a huge, huge lake. And I thought, man, I want to cast my line out there and sit on the shore. And I asked my brother about that. Can we just go fishing there? He said, you don't want to fish there. That's where, that's where we clean up the dirty water. That's where we clean up the dirty water. Anger that is denied or suppressed is like that stagnant water. It's dirty. It can cause cancer. It can cause heart attacks. For your health, God wants you to experience grace and receive mercy. And it's okay to say, God, I am angry. I don't know what I'm angry about, but I'm just angry. And God says, finally, I can do something for you. It's time to, instead of uh, putting forth a false face to God, a mask, by the way, the Greek word for mask is the New Testament word pride. So rather than putting a false face of pride to God and saying, God, I'm doing fine, just leave me alone, God is saying, I'm waiting till you're ready to be honest with me about why you're angry. Why are you angry? So that's denial. Another is depressing or suppressing, as we've talked about earlier. Another way, unhealthy way to deal with it that doesn't help you or anybody else is distraction. That's how we become addicted to gambling, dependent on other things. Uh, that's how we place the emphasis, let's don't deal with emotions, let's do something else instead, and that's called distraction. That's not healthy. Another is uh, kind of the explosive kind, is just go and dump. Go and dump. And if you need to dump, don't dump on somebody else. If you need somebody to talk to and you just want to dump, come to my office. I'll sit and listen. We'll pray together when you get through dumping or throwing up 
or like a volcano. Let it out. It's not good to kick your dog. It's not good to kick your foot on a stump because it's just going to hurt. That stump is not going to go anywhere. It's just going to hurt. It's good to talk it out. It's good to talk it out. And I'll be your friend and I'll say, let's talk it out. But we're not going to talk about it. Anybody in this room that's not here. We're not going to talk about anybody in this room that's not here. We're going we're to talk about you and God. Because God wants you to experience grace and experience joy and his beauty and get back to being a, a Leonardo da Vinci in your family and your community and where you live. The last one is a deadly anger. To forgive is to let go. It'll kill you if you don't. So number one, we have learned, we are challenged. God is challenging us to let go. God is challenging us to be good stewards of our soul and good stewards of our anger. Secondly, and lastly, can I get an amen? Still very quiet out there today. I don't know. You know, don't be mad at the, I'm just the preacher. I don't, don't, don't kill the prophet. We can have courage. Scripture challenges us, but the Scripture also offers us courage. Courage through the Holy Spirit of God that lives in us to manage my anger. There's a saying in pastoral care circles where I've been for a long, long time called be a star, S-T-A-R. We use that phrase all the time. Do you want to be a star? Everybody, anybody here watches um, America's Got Talent? Anybody watch that show? And you're thinking, man, I hope they do well. I I hope my favorite one gets to the top. God wants you to be to the top. God wants you to succeed in this life and be faithful. God wants you to be a star. Don't you want to be a star? Don't you want to be a star? Well, S-T-A-R stands for this. S means stop. Now, when you sense anger, how do you sense anger? Well, it starts right here. And it works its way up emotions in your, in your body, literally. And you begin to feel that, that burning, <sighs> here it comes, here it comes. It's coming up your neck now. It's coming out your ears. Remember those old cartoons? <laughs> Remember those days? You know, that old, that old uh, character, <laughs> that old, yeah, <laughs> it just wants to come out. And your face is red, yeah. You, you're, you're, hey, that's good. You're beginning to be self-aware that you're angry. The, the key to dealing with angry, a- anger rather, is understanding, wait, I'm angry. I'm angry. I just need to calm down. I need to count to ten. Just stop. I'm angry. Count to ten. I have come to learn, hear this, when I calm down, others calm down also. I've come to learn that when I calm down, others don't mind coming around. Not coming around to my opinion. I'm not talking about that. They don't mind hanging out with me. When I first went to the Air National Guard, 
the JAG officer, that's the, that's the lawyer that sits right next to the wing commander, he said to me, we are so glad to have a chaplain now that when he walks into the room, everybody doesn't run away. And I thought, what kind of dude was that? You know, what kind of guy was that? When I calmed down, this is what I'm learning about my anger. When I <sighs> calm down, others don't mind coming around. And thirdly, <clears throat> watch this. And I think this is a fulfillment of what the scripture says there. Don't give the devil an opportunity. When I calm down, evil cannot keep me down. When I calm down, the devil can't keep me down. You want to hear those three again? Everybody take a deep breath. When I, <clears throat> when I calm down, others calm down also. Because they've been reacting to my anger. When I calm down, others don't mind coming around. And when I calm down, evil cannot keep me down. Now I can be a star for Jesus. So S stands for just stop, breathe, calm down, and start T, thinking. S-T-A-R, T means think. Think about your anger. Why am I angry? And A stands for act and are responsibly. Stop, think, act responsibly. S-T-A-R. God wants you and me to shine brightly. He's going to talk about that in Ephesians much later. And guess what we're going to talk about next Sunday? It's going to get even better. Slander and gossip. Participating in evil. And of all things, God's going to be here with grace, with beauty, to deal and help me deal with all those things that I don't want to deal with. Church at Ephesus, we're having a hard time with these issues. Folks, we will never get our act together before we go out and reach the world with the gospel. Amen? Because none of us have our act together. We just have to be obedient, right? Isn't that right? And take the gospel around the world. And if I could say a last plug for Eliza Broadus, that's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. We need to trust the discipline of the Holy Spirit in us because God created us for this moment. The moment that you are in with your emotions and whatever your relationships are, God created you for this moment. You weren't created 100 years ago. God decided when you were going to be on this earth. You are here for this moment. Is this the moment that you need to turn your life to Jesus? Is this the moment that you need to reclaim the gift of the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, I want to shine again. I want to have fun again. I want, minister, I want to be involved in ministry that is about others and not me. I want the J-O-Y to come back. I want joy. I want Jesus to be number one. I want others to be second, and I want myself to be last. Amen? And it takes repentance to do that. You don't have to come kneel and pray. 
And please, don't go to anybody else here in the church house and do that today. That's not right. You do that on your own time. If you need to do that, you do that on your own time. Don't make a show of it around here. Let it be authentic. Do what the Bible says. Matthew 18. Just do what the Bible says. The Holy Spirit will give you that courage. I ran from it all my life until I got sick and pretty near died and I said, I'm tired of living that way. Don't want to live that way anymore. And God says, you know, I've, I've been trying to get you to grow up all these years and here you finally did it. Well, Lord, I ain't full grown. No, you ain't, but you're a little better than what you used to be, so keep following, keep obeying, and I'll take care of the, everybody else. Does that make sense? God loves you, and I love you. Let's bow together. Everybody standing. Father, we thank you for your grace that grows us up, for your mercy that forgives me of my sin, and all who ask of forgiveness I pray there be someone here today that says today is my day to get saved and give my life to Jesus Christ I pray that these words that go out from the pulpit will bring healing and healthy relationships in ourselves and in our networks of friends because we are each other's neighbor in Christ help us continue to grow knowing we will never be perfect until we reach your heavenly home. We are being perfected by the presence of the perfect one, Jesus, in the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to the Sunday morning worship service of the Ekron Baptist Church. You too can accept the eternal life offered by Jesus Christ. First, admit that you are a sinner. Then believe that Jesus Christ can forgive you of your sins and ask Him to come into your heart and change your life. Then confess your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. If you've made this decision today, write to us at the Ekron Baptist Church, 2775 Hayesville Road, Ekron, Kentucky, 40117. If you're looking for a church home, we invite you to be a part of our growing family with programs and Bible studies for all ages. Join us next Sunday at 11 a.m. for morning worship from the Ekron Baptist Church. Until that time, may God bless.